Welcome back to my podcast, The Rift, Enlightenment Within the Divide. I'm your host, Sam Denning. Uh, Joining me today is a good friend of mine, Tim Keegan. Tim is currently a tennis professional down in Naples, Florida. He spent a good portion of his life up in Huntington, West Virginia, where I am from, uh, as a tennis professional at Ritter Park. He is an engineer by degree, getting his degree at George Mason University. But the reason I had Tim on here is we are both partners in some property together. Uh, He trusts me enough to partner up with me. And because we've become closer in this regard, I have learned his fascination with economics and uh, economic theory. And I think that other people need to hear his thoughts and opinions on the matter especially during these crazy times in America and around the world where governments are just cranking up the printing machines and just printing, printing, printing. And, you know, I'm kind of curious, as maybe you guys are, as to what that potentially could mean for us and our economy in the future. So, uh, like I said, joining me today is Mr. Tim Keegan. Um, You know, I hope you stay for the podcast and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the show, Tim. Oh, thank you, Sam. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, so I just I wanted to start this podcast out because we're going to be talking about uh, the economy and inflation and any other thing that we deem appropriate to, to converse about. But I think it's an interesting uh, topic just to point out that here just you know today, gold has hit a new all-time high. Highest price, ha- highest value it's ever been worth. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, it is interesting. It's uh, historic. And the reason is, is uh, gold is money and, uh, and has been money for thousands of years and will continue to be money. And uh, you can't print gold like you can print dollars. And, uh, and the government can print print this uh, print dollars but the more they print the less value each one of the dollars becomes and that's what inflation is and that devalues the the currency and so we see right now that gold's um, at an all-time high of 19 $1,900, but really what it means is that um, it's not that gold is going up, it's that the dollar is going down. Gold has maintained its value over thousands of years. They say that um, during Roman times, one ounce of gold could buy a, a senator a, 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 a suit that they wore, what was it, uh, toga? Yeah, toga. Uh, and today, $1,900 can buy a businessman a, a nice, very nice suit. 
So it remains, it's a store of value. Uh, and yeah, on, on that, uh, on that topic, you know, we got off the gold standard in what was it? 1964. Uh, well, we totally got off of it in 1971. Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard. Okay. Well, um, whatever year that was in, you know, if it was 71, you know, um, the, the so that point, was only 50 years ago. Yeah, exactly. And the point is that I'm trying to make, and, and, you know, maybe you can clarify this is even though our dollar is not necessarily tied to the value of gold, it still somewhat is because if you follow the actual price of gold, it is still reflected in our, you know, inflation. Well, you, you buy, you can buy gold with dollars, but you can also buy gold with any currency, um, with euros or yen or, and you can look on, um, online and find gold priced in all of those currencies. Yeah. I guess my point is it's still going up. It's still tied to the value of each of those currencies. So the currencies, you know, the fact that it's costing more and more and more to purchase one ounce of gold in each of those currencies just tells you that it's, that those currencies are becoming over time worth less and less and less. Yeah. Yeah. So in in a weird way, we kind of are tied to the gold standard if you want to buy an ounce of gold. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Gold is money and, uh, and money is so important. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people really think about, think about money, but every transaction, it's half of every transaction. You buy gas in your car, you go to, you go to the restaurant, um, you buy food or rent, you pay with money. And, um, it's because it's half of every transaction it's really important and it's really important that it continues to hold its value. And when it becomes eroded or degraded, you lose your purchasing power and, um, and therefore you lose your, uh, your, your prosperity, your, um, your wealth. Yeah. That dollar you earn today will not be worth a dollar in today's standards in five years. Right. Exactly. Which is the definition somewhat of inflation. Um, well, one of the reasons I brought up the, the, you know, record price of gold at the beginning of this conversation, uh, is I can't help but think, like I said in our, my introduction that do you, you know, the price of gold is going through the roof right in the middle of this time when, our government is uh, committing to printing more and more and more money and giving it out. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that our economy doesn't need to be uh, flushed with cash to keep it running. But what do you believe the uh, end result of all this printing is going to have on the value of our dollar? Well, it's certainly not a coincidence that because of all this printing, the gold is going up that uh people are 
are buying more gold because they see that their dollar is being devalued. And they're looking to gold as, as a store of value so that they can buy what they want to buy in the future. They don't think they can buy what they want to buy in, with the paper money. So, um, so that's, that's, that's why this, uh, gold is going up. The dollar is going down because of the, uh, because of, it's not only America too, all the countries are printing all this money and it's going to continue. Um, so it's no coincidence that, uh, we're finding that gold is going up and I, I think it's going to go even higher and we're going to be spending more and more money, um, buying food, buying our basic necessities and, um, and really the only, one of the only ways of, of getting around that is buying something that's going to be a good store of value. I've been fascinated with money for, for a long time. And I think some people say it's money was the greatest invention in human history because before money, you had to barter. Yeah. And that's awkward. You can't just, you know, exchange your ox for cheese. Let's say you don't want cheese. Um, so um, there were lots of things that were used as money. But over time, over thousands of years, gold has always won out um, because it's, it's uh, rare and it's immediately um, recognizable. It's also fungible, which means that uh, uh, every piece of gold is the same. That's why diamonds, for instance, they're, they're rare, but that can never be used as money because you can't split a diamond and each be equally worth the same. So gold is always, and silver, but gold has always been, um, uh, used as money and, and, uh, it's, it's really important for not only the economy, but for personal wealth to have, uh, to have something that, that is stable and, and gold and, and silver, um, over the years has been that, um, now recently, like in the last 10 years, I've become very interested in Bitcoin for the same reason. Um, some people feel that that's money. And, um, so, uh, I mean, it, and it may work, it may be, and maybe that gold, silver, Bitcoin, there could be lots of different, uh, types of money out there. Yeah. And the, and the, I agree with you. Money is very fascinating. Um, like for instance, Bitcoin, you know, anything that's agreed upon by both parties to represent some form of value is basically money. Exactly. Um, exactly. yeah, it could be this electronic Bitcoin. It could be gold. It could be a dollar bill. It could be a yen, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and I, I do find it fascinating. I find this concept of inflation very fascinating. Um, you know, I think about all this money printing that we're kind of talking about now, and I also foresee massive inflation 
But the, the interesting thing is, at least in the United States, it seems, and maybe elsewhere, but our government seems to want a certain amount of inflation naturally. Yes, it's a tax. It is a tax. It's a, I think it's the worst kind of tax because it's hidden. It's insidious. And uh, at least with uh, income tax or sales tax, you know what you're paying. Uh, with inflation, uh, when they print the money, your dollar is just being eroded slowly and hidden, secretly. And a lot of people don't even realize it's happening. Uh, but it is a tax. And uh, so I think that's why, you know, people need to look at other forms of, of money. I think the U.S. dollar is in jeopardy of losing its reserve currency status, which means it was it was the money for the whole world. And I think uh, other people around the world are beginning to doubt and lose confidence in the dollar as the reserve currency. And I think that will be that will change, that'll, that'll make a dramatic change, not only in, um, to the governments, but to everyone's, uh, everyone's prosperity. And then we'll probably switch. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, when the dollar loses its uh, reserve currency. Um, what's going to happen? Uh, it could be gold. It could be something else. It could be Bitcoin. Who knows what else could be, uh, could replace it. Yeah, it's all this, like I said, it's very fascinating. You know, the, the thought that the, the government, the central bank, the, that they can just print money, you know, at, uh, at, at any whim if Congress, you know, approves it, I, I guess, but it just seems as though there's not much accountability for spending in our government because they can just create more and more and more money. So the spending has gone through the roof in this country because there's no way there's no accountability. Sorry. There's no actual money at this point. It almost seems like the dollar bill doesn't really represent anything because they just keep printing it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if this senator or this congressman or congresswoman, you know, if they want something thrown into a bill to fund something in their district, you know, oh, no big deal. We'll just throw that in there. We'll just print more money. Whereas in the, in the old days, it was like we didn't have the money. Now it kind of doesn't matter whether we have the money or not. We can just make more. Right. And without that, you couldn't fund the, the government's uh, spending. There's just no way the taxpayers would pay the taxes necessary to support the government. The, the wars, the warfare, all the welfare out there, all the spending is just, uh, yeah, it's just no way. There's no way. The and, I, and I think that is where I, grasp this uh, that's how I can wrap my head around this inflationary issue is that uh, 
there's not enough that you can tax these people. You just can't get the money. So what do you do? You make the money that does exist worth considerably less. Yeah. Yes. But you can't, that can't last forever. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, it's like a publicly traded stock. You know, if they start to issue more and more stock, then it makes the value of mm-hmm. all the stock owned by the shareholders worth less and less and less. And why is that? Because they're diluting the shares. It's the exact, exactly right. Everyone that owns it's, a dollar bill has a share in the economy of the United States of America. And the more, exactly right. Yeah, the more that that dollar gets printed and thrown out to people in this country, then the less that every other dollar is worth. Yeah, the less uh, less purchasing power each individual has. So that's why uh, prices go up. If you notice, all the prices are going up. You know. Um, no prices are going down. And that's the way it used to be. Uh, you, know, before, you know, on a gold standard or when there was a, a, a currency that was stable, prices actually should be going down because we're more efficient. We've become so much more efficient in, in our production and uh, supply and distribution of products and goods that actually all these products should be going uh, going down. Like electronics, a lot of the electronics has gone down in spite of the inflation. And that's just because we've just gotten so efficient. If there was no inflation, those electronic gadget, gadgets would be so cheap. It, it, it's actually a similar situation as the money printing They've gotten so efficient at making these electronics that they can make tons of them and flood the market, therefore making <laughs> the electronic devices worth less and less money, just like the dollar bill. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, where, where did this idea that inflation, you know, a, a certain amount of inflation in the economy was a good idea, where did that come from? Oh, they've been doing it since the Romans. You you look at a, a quarter. Every quarter has got uh, ridges on yeah. the outside of a quarter. Yeah. They're there because of uh, coin clipping. That was a common thing in uh, Roman times, Greek times, during the kings, uh, is you would clip the end of a coin and steal some of the the silver or the gold of the coin and then pass it on. And so it was so common that that's why they put the ridges on it so that uh, you can't clip without someone noticing. So inflation and uh, has been going on for uh, for for thousands of years. Wow. I, it's hard to hard to hard to come up with a time when there wasn't inflation. Yeah. Well, so I, we've had it. My thought was: Is there a certain time period in modern history where that was kind of a the leading adopted thought for governments to you know print right. print their own money and kind of control inflation and 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 have a set 
inflationary amount every year for growth? I think uh, now. I think now it's becoming. Um, they've um, they're pushing that now. I think uh, MMT. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Modern uh, monetary theory. Yes. Is um, is basically that, and that's where it doesn't matter what debt is. It doesn't matter how much money printing it is, there is. You just can do. You, you can print print money, um, and that's good for the economy. But you know, printing doesn't produce anything. You, you, people need to be need to work and produce produce either services or products before um, before you can buy them. So first comes production. First we have to build it and make it. Um, if you just print money, it's just not going to just suddenly appear. Uh, so, so that's a common, common, uh, theory right now. And there's, there are many different economic theories, but that's popular. Uh, Keynesian is probably the most popular, um, economic theory. That's what's taught in all the schools. Now, what is, what is that? That was, uh, that was introduced by John Maynard Keynes in like the, 30s and the 40s he was very very uh, very popular economist and he wrote this book uh, I can't remember the title of it but uh, it was like the Bible for uh, economists and uh, and basically Keynesian Keynesian if you look at economics real broadly you have uh, free market economics or voluntary, um, no intervention economics on one side. Um, and that's the oldest, actually, the oldest school of economics. It's called the Austrian school. And then, and then on the complete opposite side is the total control managed economy, um, no private property, um, and that's uh, Marxism. And then somewhere in between those two things is uh, is Keynesianism. And then there are a bunch of there's Chicago School, and then there's MMT, and then there's uh, oh, there's a host of then there's uh, there's a whole bunch of different ones, but it, it's all in that sliding scale. But really, you have one on one side is total free market. You have a total managed economy on the other side, and then all these others are variations of those. Yeah, they're all where they in think between. okay. In between, they think okay. Well, we don't think the free market is capable of handling this. So, um, you know, some wise, educated expert or whoever or politician. Uh, decrees, okay, this, this price is going to be this. They basically set prices. And, um, 
And I mean, I, that just, you can't set prices. There's no one person who knows what the right price of anything is. There's no committee that knows exactly what the price of something should be. Prices are very subjective. Um, yeah. You know, you might be willing to pay uh, more for a, um, for a car that you like, that you've been looking for for a long time, let's say it's an antique car, than I would, or a piece of art, or anything. Um, so for to think that some group of people can decide, okay, this is this is the price of something. Therefore, um, everyone has limiting to pay the this supply. Price. Yeah, and yeah, so you're controlling the supply and demand of something, and you know that there's just no way you can foresee what those um, what what the supply needs to be, what the demand going to be, what's the, what the price is going to be. So that's why I think the free market does the best job. It's not perfect, but I think it does the best job of doing that. Yeah, and our government currently is so involved in propping up, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of businesses that otherwise would fail if they just let the free market run. The government is trying to decide what is a winner and what's a loser yeah. using our exactly. taxpayer dollars, which is interesting. Um, right. You know, if it, if, yeah. if it, if it was a winner, then people would be purchasing it, uh, without any government intervention. And exactly. Yeah. So exactly. I, it's, it's very interesting. And I think that it's like a snowball, like a lot of other things with the government, you know, the, once government gets in it and starts messing with it, then they have to keep messing with it. Uh, well, they have to cover up for the mistakes they made before. Right. And, <laughs> and, and I'm not so saying some they, of the things they don't do are okay, but maybe they wouldn't have ever had to do them in the first place if they didn't fiddle with it exactly. from the beginning. That's right. And so, you know, that, right. that leads me into this concept of, uh, and some of these, li some of our, the listeners may not know what I'm talking about, but I follow this stuff online a lot and read a lot about economics. And, and, you know, Tim, you, you know that I'm also very fascinated in this, in this topic, but what do you think about helicopter money? The concept of helicopter money, if a, if a certain region needs help that the government kind of comes in and just drops money from a helicopter, so to speak. They just flood the area with cash so that the economy can get up and running because they think it's from the bottom up. Yeah. I mean, but that's basically what they're doing now. They're dropping money, dropping money from the sky. Yeah. From just printing it. I think that was coined by, uh, Ben Bernanke. He was a, uh, Fed chairman under Bush. under Bush, I think. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's the same thing. You can print up all this paper and flood the market, but that doesn't produce anything. You know, you you need to get you need somehow to. It only lasts so long. I hate to cut you off, but. This is what yeah, I think right. I've noticed, um, and, and you can see the trend in, in American history at least, but it only lasts so long before you have to do it again. 
because like you said, you're not actually producing anything. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so it's a snowball. Exactly. So they're printing more today than they were before. Um, the, the, the debt is growing more than it, it more and more and more. And, um, there used to be a time when, when we didn't have a debt. I think it was, it was a while ago, but we, we, you know, the country shouldn't be any different than your household. You no, know, absolutely. You, keep, keep a budget and follow it. Yeah. You can't spend more than you make. I don't care if you're a country or a city or a, any you know, county. Everybody's heard this phrase and, you know, my parents have used it, but, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You know, if our, if every single household in this country needed more money, they can go out in the backyard and just pick it off a tree. And I feel right. like that's what our government is doing. They have this huge tree that they're able to go back of and back into the, you know, the backyard or, you know, into the, into the printing press and just pull more and more and more money off the tree. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. And if you and I did that, let's say, you know, we're short and we needed a little extra money and we count, we, we printed money. Well, we'd go to jail for that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And it, well, that's called counterfeiting, but the government can do it. Uh, and it's not counterfeiting. Um, on that note, um, you know, we're kind of getting to the end of our time here, Tim. Uh, I only have like a set amount of time. I'd like to talk on these. So tell our listeners, you know, after everything we've talked about with the economy, with the inflation, with gold, would you buy, would you still advise people to buy gold? Well, I'm no financial expert. I don't want to, I, I, I suggest and highly recommend that everyone does their own research. I That's a good disclaimer. Yeah, you should, <laughs> Sorry. I think you should buy gold. Um, you know, most people conservatively, I think a lot of even, uh, mainstream financial advisors recommend that you should hold 10 to 15% of your portfolio in gold. And I think, you know, I think probably a little bit more now depends on your risk tolerance, depends on your age and it depends on lots of different things where you are in your life. But, um, gold and silver, um, I would not um, discourage Bitcoin. I think, who knows? I mean, you know, you got to hedge your bet. I don't know what, no one knows what's going to happen in the future. But all I do know, or I'm, I'm betting on, is that the dollar is not going to be worth tomorrow what it is today. And eventually it's going to lose its reserve uh, currency status. And, um, it's not going to be worth, it's not going to be worth anything. And so, you know, things that have been money for thousands of years, I would, I would, uh, I would buy more of a uh, Bitcoin is kind of, a uh, definitely a riskier, uh, buy, but, um, but I think you, I think you need to hedge and buy something that's going to hold its value. Yeah, well, we bought yeah. some gold coins. 
Yeah, we did. Uh, our business, you know, Tim and like I said, Tim and I are business partners and we own several pieces of property together and we bought gold coins at what I would have considered a high price, but you know, it's gone up even more since we purchased those. That's right. And we chose to buy the one ounce gold panda for the year 2020 Chinese gold panda. And why did we do that? Because (laughs) this virus supposedly originated from China in 2020. That's not the reason. reason. We wanted something different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I have, uh, there's a maple leaf. Uh, I think there are four major uh, ounce uh, gold ounce producers are the maple leaf made in uh, Canada, the uh, Liberty made in America, the Panda made in China, and the Cougaran in South Africa. Africa. Yeah, you know, and, and to tell our listeners what I said before was somewhat of a joke. My wife, if you don't know me personally, is Chinese, and both of my children are half Chinese, half American, and um, I have a newborn son, so it's kind of cool to have things from China as well. My wife finds it really cool. Oh, I think it's very cool. Yeah. yeah. and Beautiful. Oh, it's, it's beautiful absolutely corn. beautiful. It's got the the temple there in the back and it says in Chinese because uh, my wife told me it says the People's Republic of China in Chinese characters but um, you know this has been a, a fantastic discussion we could probably keep going on and on and on about this topic but um, you know I, I, I want to say that I agree with you you know the overall trend of gold over time has been upward anyway you know regardless of what we believe about the current times it's been steadily going up and I think that's can only be attributed to the fact that, uh, you know, for inflation, you know, our dollar is becoming worth less and less as time goes on. Um, you know, on that note, I want to thank you, Tim, and I'll probably have you back on this show. We can talk about something else in the oh, future. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to talk. But thank you so much for this enlightening conversation. Um, you know, I think that if our listeners stuck with it, they probably learned a little bit if they didn't already know it. So, uh, you know, on that note, um, Tim, we'll give you, we'll give you a shout out and we'll try to catch up with you in the future. All right. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for tuning in to the rift enlightenment within the divide. That was our guest, Tim Keegan from down in Naples, Florida, talking about gold, inflation, economic theory, among other things. Uh, really you know, appreciate those listeners out there and just keep following me and we'll have another special guest uh, next week. Take it easy.